ready for tomorrow's news today. You're listening to Speak Life with Marty Lee. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Speak Life. I'm Marty Layton, and uh, my team and I, we welcome you to this prophetic broadcast now. And uh, thank you for tuning in and be a part, being a part of this prophetic community of faith. You know, it's going to be a great broadcast, and I'm excited to go on this journey with you tonight. Really am. Uh, but before we begin, I, I want to encourage you to help us by sharing this broadcast when we're done. Uh, share it to your pages. Uh, make sure you like us, give us uh, hearts along the way, uh, <laughs> or thumbs up, or whatever is on the platform that you're watching. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, while we're broadcasting, uh, I want to encourage you to continue to interact in the chat box, uh, encourage one another. Uh, let's develop this community of faith online even stronger. Amen. Uh, you know you're making a difference uh, when some of these platforms are ghosting you or hiding us uh, from being uh, being found until sometimes days afterwards. Uh, so please help us with these uh, algorithms that we have to deal with by simply clicking on your mouse and doing some of the things that I'm suggesting tonight. And, you know, this is a broadcast that is filled with hope and prophetic encouragement. And we are the warriors of the Lord and uh, the enemy doesn't want us to uh, take any territory, but we are forcefully advancing the kingdom of God. Amen. And in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5, it says, uh, If a man also strives for mastery, yet he's not crowned, except that he strives lawfully. And so we do need to follow the rules as long as we're not disobeying God, Right. Uh, if it's immoral, if it's unscriptural, if it's illegal or unethic, unethical, uh, we cannot participate in that. Uh, but if we strive lawfully, God will continue to bless us. Amen. And so, again, I want to welcome you to the broadcast tonight, and I want to encourage you uh, to continue to pray for America the Beautiful. This is Independence Day weekend, or the the weekend that we celebrate the 4th of July and our, our national independence. And this weekend is going to be a powerful weekend, both uh, on this broadcast and in our church service this Sunday at 4 p.m., and we'll talk more about that. But, uh, you know, recently there's been so much warfare in the Spirit uh, but we will continue to enforce the victory that Jesus Christ has given to us. I know many of you have probably sensed the warfare and have been fighting through and been praying and interceding. And I'm so thankful to God for all of our intercessors, all of you that continue to lift us in prayer and uh, and fight alongside of us. You are God's great warriors. Uh, but I want to well, I want to say this, even though you're not seeing uh, on you're not seeing uh, victories shouted <coughs> on newscasts or or uh, on various broadcasts. Uh, God is causing the wicked to be exposed and to be properly dealt with, right? I want you to understand there's some things that are happening uh, that they're certainly not going to put out on news broadcasts because they can't. It would make them look weaker and it would make them look defeated. And uh, you have to be, you have to be selective at what you listen to. And and for me, I I have a hard time listening to any news or any uh, news broadcasts that are out there. Very few things do I uh, <clears throat> give much of my attention and time to. 
because I find that what I'm hearing from heaven is much more accurate and much more clear uh, than anything that's on these uh, these news outlets, and so especially uh, the secular, um, you know, you know, anti-Christ outlets. <laughs> so uh, the truth is, uh, the church is arising, and we are enforcing the victory that Christ has given to us. Amen. And God is fighting for His people, and uh, and I feel like with God. The the cup of iniquity is full. The enemy's cup of iniquity is full, and he's about to pour out on the enemy. It's almost like an enough is enough moment before God. And I believe God is raising a standard against his enemies. You know, Isaiah talks about uh, when the enemy comes in, and uh, literally in the Hebrew there's no punctuation there, but if you read it in the original Hebraic text, it says when the enemy comes in, like a flood, God raises up a standard against him. And so the enemy is trying to come in, but like a flood, I believe God is raising a standard against his enemies. And God spoke to me uh, just a, a little over a week ago uh, that the crushing of the enemy has begun. The crushing of the enemy has begun. <clears throat> And I believe that personally, and I believe that as a ministry, <clears throat> I believe that as a region, and I believe that for our nation, the crushing of the enemy has begun. I believe God specifically was talking about America. You know, the enemy had a plan uh, to cause some type of attack, and this is what I sensed uh, on the 4th of July uh, this year. But I believe the warriors of the Lord have been interceding and praying and worshiping uh, and decreeing and declaring as we know that God has been equipping us to do. And I really believe God is reversing every assignment of the enemy right now and turning it back on his head. I believe that there will not be a successful uh, attack of the enemy on the 4th of July. Uh, But I've sensed that that's what the enemy's plan was, but that the people of God have been mobilized in prayer. And God showed me many things this past two weeks. It's been an incredible past couple of weeks. And how the enemy has been, uh, over time, uh, trying to whisper in the ears of God's people and trying to, especially leaders, attack leaders. And uh, almost like a, uh, a spirit of death and an assignment uh, of destruction. Uh, and the enemy's been trying to steal and to kill and destroy. Uh, but the church has been praying. You, you know, when there was an assignment of death against Peter, the church started praying, and uh, <clears throat> God supernaturally intervened. You know, it's important for the church to pray for the leaders of the church. Uh, they were still new at this Christianity stuff, and so they they were just praying for God's mercy on Peter and God to protect Peter and deliver Peter. And what happened was angels showed up. An angel showed up in uh, the prison where Peter was being held in between two guards uh, in a prison, chained to the wall in shackles and chains. And uh, and the gate, the prison door shut. You know the story. And, uh, and what happened was an angel actually had to wake up Peter and tell him to quickly get his clothes on 
uh, let's go. The chains fell off of him, and uh, and the angel uh, did not wake up anybody, neither did Peter, as they walked right out of the prison and then walked right out of the front gates uh, of the city and um, and then and then went over to the house where they were praying, where they were having church and praying for him. And then when he went, he turned around to look at the angel that was with him. He he thought he was dreaming, and the angel disappeared. And so then Peter proceeded to knock on the door of the church, uh, of the house church that they were having there. And uh, and when they answered the door, uh, they thought it was a ghost. <coughs> they thought that Peter had already been killed and that his ghost was at the door. <coughs> and so they in fear, slammed the door and ran. Uh, But Peter knocked again, and they opened the door and welcomed him in. And uh, that's the power of the church praying for leaders. Now, you think leaders are powerful in their prayers, and that is true. Leaders are powerful in uh, in their prayers, and they do carry a mantle of authority, of Christ's authority to pray, and we're going to continue to do that. Uh, But it's also very powerful when the church prays for the leaders. And uh, and I want to encourage you to be praying for leadership in this hour, uh, because I believe the enemy is is literally looking to target leaders right now and make an open show of leaders who will stand firm on the word of God and the principles of the kingdom and not yield. And so we need to be praying for those leaders. And uh, I believe the enemy is really trying to uh, cause uh, some leaders to even feel like uh, there is a death sentence against them. Uh, But greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. And if we'll understand the power and the authority that we have as the ecclesia, Jesus gave us uh, the keys to the kingdom that we would allow things or disallow things. And that's our authority to do so. Amen. It's within our authority to do so. And so I think the enemy has been lying uh, to leaders, uh, especially trying to steal uh, their faith, trying to kill them and trying to destroy their ministries and their families and what have you. Uh, But we are going to stand together and we're going to pray. In fact, let's just take a minute right now and let's pray for the leaders uh, uh, of the ministries that we know and we love and respect. And so, Father, we lift up these leaders to you now. We thank you so much, Father, uh, for the authority of Christ in our leadership and leaders, Father, that you've uh, connected us to and that we relate to. We speak the grace of God, a double measure of your grace upon them now, Father, a double portion of your grace and mercy upon them. And Father, we stand against every demonic attack of the enemy against your leaders. We bind those spirits of darkness and we break their assignments now. And Father, we believe that the enemy is being impeded now. He's being derailed now. And every attack is thwarted uh, and every foolish attempt of the enemy uh, to attack the people of God and especially the leaders Father, is being stopped right now in Jesus' mighty name. And Father, we thank you for protecting the shepherds of the sheep, for protecting uh, apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. And Father, uh, in in the second chapter and third chapter of Acts, 
the third chapter of Acts, it says, uh, <clears throat> when the enemy threatened, uh, when the enemy began to threaten them, uh, the the disciple the uh, the apostles said, God, behold their threatenings, and give us more grace. And you gave them what the Scripture calls mega grace. And they began to preach the gospel of the kingdom even more. And so, Father, let that mega grace be upon all the leaders uh, of your church and in, in your kingdom now. And, Father, we thank you for this amazing grace. In the name of Jesus, we agree and we decree it today. Hero heaven, hero earth. Grace, mega grace is being released to the leadership that we are lifting to you now, the leadership of the kingdom of God now in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Did y'all feel that? That was such a release of power. Amen. You know, there's actually uh, a scripture in, uh, I believe it's in Second uh, Kings, uh, and I could be wrong about that. I'm, <clears throat> I'm not 100% on that. I should have looked it up beforehand. Uh, but <clears throat> King Hezekiah uh, was being surrounded uh, by Sennacherib and his armies, and they had just defeated multiple nations, and uh, and that's the way it was in that age of conquest. Uh, these these leaders would go out; uh, these kingdoms would go out with their warriors, and they would defeat uh, whatever they wanted to take, and they would. Uh, take their uh, their families. They would take their gold. They would take their uh, their uh, their treasures, and uh, and they would take their armies and make their armies fight under this king. And so this was happening. In and this is historical. It's, it's actual history. And Sennacherib uh, came to Judah. And he came to Hezekiah, the king of Judah, and he sent an, an ambassador and uh, an envoy in, and he said, these are the words that he said to him. He said, you're going to be defeated just like everybody else. You're going to die. Your people are going to die. We're going to burn everything to the ground, and we're going to completely and utterly destroy you and pillage and plunder and pilfer everything from you. And so you might as well just give up right now. That was the attack. Uh, that the Bible describes. And so Sennacherib sent this envoy to say that, and and he stood outside the gates of the city or at the gates of the city and continued to decree this over and over and over again. And listen, that is what the enemy has been doing now. He's just decreeing this to America and to, the, to many other nations as well. The devil is using the, this exact same strategy of threats and threatening and telling leadership, you might as well just give up and throw in the towel now uh, because you're going to be overthrown and defeated. Stop standing for the kingdom of God. And these are the lies that the enemy is, uh, is promoting, and he's using envoys to do it. He's using ambassadors of darkness to do this. <clears throat> but the rest of the story goes like this. Hezekiah prayed and said, God, you know I've done righteous before you. I've lived righteously before you. I've reestablished the altars of the Lord in our nation. And we've reestablished pure worship 
unto you. And so, Father, look upon my sacrifices and look upon what I've done for you and fight for us. And the word of the prophet uh, Isaiah came to uh, Hezekiah and said, listen, you don't need to fight this fight. They're going to go out in the same route that they came in. And so you don't have to fight. I will overthrow them. I will defeat them. And that is exactly what happened. Uh, It's an incredible story. Uh, But I'm saying that to encourage you today, that the devil's plans, although his voice has been loud, although he has been threatening, although he's been trying to steal and kill and destroy and saying, you might as well give up, fight. Fight with the Lord on your side. Stand your ground. Stand and decree what God has already done. Remember his faithfulness. Remember his goodness. Remember who you serve. Remember he's the mighty God. He is the great I am, and there's none like him. Amen? You know, God is on the throne today, and he is undefeated to this very moment. He is undefeated. Every fight that he fights, he's win. he wins, and he's in your fight. Amen? He's on your battlefield today. He's in our nation. He's in the mouths of the intercessors. He's in the hearts and the lives of the majority of this nation. And let me just tell you, do not accept uh, the lies and the threats of the enemy. Do not accept the lies of you're already defeated. It's going under and there's no saving it. Do not accept it. Do not believe those lies. It is just a handful of people that have come together uh, and they are uh, in an evil unity, just like the Tower of Babel. And what did God do? He stopped the Tower of Babel instantly by causing division and confusion and completely confounded them where they could no longer have any kind of interaction or communication and no longer did they have that unity. <clears throat> and so, as a matter of fact, it says 3,000 people were, were killed that day as God divided them and caused confusion to strike the camp of the enemy. And I believe God is decreeing confusion to the camp of the enemy now. And those that are on the side of the enemy are being struck by the sword of God. They're being struck by the word of the Lord right now. And there is a division and there is a confusion and there is a throwing down of the counsel of the enemy. And there is a complete and utter confusion and dismay coming to the enemy now. And this is the word of the Lord. And I'm telling you, uh, you need to rise up in your authority, rise up in your heart and begin to worship God like never before. And I want to encourage you with the word of the Lord. God spoke to me this morning and said, encourage my people to spend more time in worship, in worship. Worship is a vital part to continued victory. Let me tell you, Psalm 8, in verse 2, Jesus quoted this in Matthew chapter 21 when he came riding in on a donkey and he went into the temple and, uh, and he began to make a whip out of, uh, out of leather. The Bible actually says that he started weaving together a whip out of strands of leather that he picked up along the way. And then he began to drive out the, the money changers out of the temple. And, uh, and so the, the 
scribes and the Pharisees that were there, <clears throat> they did not get upset that he was driving out the money changers. But what they did get upset at was the little children were worshiping him. They began to praise and worship Jesus. And let me just tell you, Jesus is on the scene right now. He's at church right now. He's with his people right now. We are the church, by the way. <clears throat> and and this is what Jesus said. Uh, uh, he quoted Psalm 8 in verse 2. And Psalm 8 in verse 2 says, Out of the mouth of babes you have ordained praise. And the rest of that verse continues. Jesus, uh, that's the part that Jesus quoted. Out of the mouth of babes, he, he, you've ordained strength or praise is the word. And so in Psalm chapter 8 and verse 2, it says, out of the mouth of babes, you've ordained praise to silence the foe and to still the avenger. And so why is God asking us to spend more time in worship and praise? Why did God create and ordain praise? Well, we just read it. Not because he needed more praise. He has an innumerable number, number of angels, and uh, many have gone before us. They're around the throne, surrounding his throne with all the angels, and even several beasts that are around his throne, praising him in heaven, uh, singing Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Uh, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. He's got uh, seraphims and cherubims fl uh, <coughs> flying around in the throne room praising him. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. He doesn't need uh, uh, another worshiper, uh, another voice added to his heavenly choir. No, he ordained praise to silence the foe and to still the avenger. Thou hast ordained praise out of the mouth of babes. Thou hast ordained praise to silence the foe and to still the avenger. Praise is the greatest weapon of our spiritual warfare. God gave you praise, uh, the ability to praise him, to destroy the powers of hell, to destroy the attacks of the enemy. And God's been speaking this over and over to me, saying, tell my people to spend more time in praise and in worship, remembering. I'm not talking about just going along with a CD and singing the song. I'm talking about from your heart expressing your gratitude, your thankfulness to God. Enter his uh, 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 gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. Come before him with your own authentic words uh, of your appreciation. The word worship is actually two words, worth-ship, ascribing to him his worth to you. God, you're worthy. You're awesome. And so God is asking for his people to begin to praise more. And I feel like the Spirit of God said, from now through uh, Independence Day, I'm asking my people to praise me. I'm asking my people to enter into another dimension of worship and praise. Again, praise is the greatest spiritual weapon of our spiritual warfare. God actually gave to us what Lucifer abandoned in every way. Uh, God never intended 
uh, Lucifer to have the things that we have. Uh, but what Lucifer abandoned, he was the worship leader in heaven. And in the garden, Lucifer actually uh, using the serpent, uh, you know, and there's some erroneous teaching out there about uh, Lucifer making a deal with the serpent and the serpent uh, having access, but Lucifer not having access. That is a total uh, misinterpretation of Scripture. Don't believe things that are not biblical. Read the Bible. Look at it yourself. There's no backroom deal being made with Lucifer and a serpent. That's a total uh, a false doctrine and a misunderstanding of Scripture. That's someone who does not know the Bible saying that. And so uh, in the garden, because the Bible, act, Jesus said you were in the garden. <clears throat> not you made a, a, a deal with a snake and the snake was in the garden. No, he said you were in the garden. And so uh, in the garden, Lucifer spoke through the mouth of the snake and said, if you eat this fruit, you'll be just like the Most High God. Well, listen, Adam and Eve were already created in God's image and likeness. They were already like the Most High God. But that was a deception. That was a lie. It was, it was the entrance of, li- of lie. The entrance of truth uh, brings light. But the entrance of lies... The entrance of the lie brought death, it brought darkness, it brought confusion. And listen, Lucifer was thrown out of heaven when he said, I will be like the Most High. No, you won't ever be like the Most High. You are an angel. You were an angel, an, a, a, an archangel. And you know the, the three archangels were Gabriel, Michael, and Lucifer. And so one-third of the angels that were under uh, Lucifer chose to stay with Lucifer, and they were cast out of heaven, uh, and and Satan fell like lightning, and one-third of the angels fell like lightning, and uh, all because he said, I will be like the Most High God, that pride uh, overtook him, and he opened his mouth and he spoke it out. Now listen, from from what we can see in the Bible, angels have the ability to choose once, but man has a free will to choose constantly. We are we are created greater in a greater class uh, than the angels. People when they die, they don't go to heaven and become an angel. That's not truth either. No, we are saints of the Most High God. And so we, we are created in the image and likeness of God, if you read your Bible. Uh, so we are what Lucifer will never be. Uh, but he was also created, according to Scripture, according to Isaiah, he was created as, uh, uh, as an actual instrument of music. He has inside of his body, he has drums, he has pipes, he has... Uh, uh, woodwinds, he has brass, and he has strings. <clears throat> so all the elements of an orchestra and all the elements of every instrument was inside of Lucifer. That's how God created him. And, uh, <clears throat> and when he would lead worship as the main worship leader in heaven, and the angels would sing, it would all pipe through him and it would all resound through him as he led all of heaven in worship. But like I said, pride caused him to fall, and a third of the angels of the worship team <clears throat> fell with him. 
And every time we lift up our hearts and we make a joyful sound to the Lord and we worship, every time we enter God's gates with thanksgiving and and his courts with praise, uh, there is what's called a sympathetic response that goes out in the spirit and and the devil and the and the demonic powers that fell with satan start vibrating and shaking and sounding off uh, because of the way that god made lucifer he starts shaking in sympathetic response to the sound just like he did in heaven but now it's he has a fallen being that's what's happening on the inside of him and he has to run from you that's one of the reasons why God said he's ordained praise to silence the foe and to still the avenger. That's one of the reasons why Psalm 68 declares, let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Let them also that hate him flee before him. That's why Psalm 47 verse 1 says, Oh, clap your hands, all you people, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. And verse 5, God goes up with that shout, and the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. So when we, when we shout praises and we begin to worship, God arises, and his enemies are scattered and shattered. Praise was ordained to overthrow the enemy and drive him out every single time. True worship, true praise is a spiritual weapon of our spiritual warfare. Remember, Scripture says in 1 Corinthians 10, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we do wrestle against principalities and powers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places. Uh, And these enemies are already defeated. We reinforce the victory that is already won. And that's why God said, spend more time in worship and in praise. I believe God's elevating the church He's causing the church to rise up now in a greater authority, in a greater anointing. Amen. Start praising him for for the victory, even the victory that you do not see yet. This is what happened to David in 1 Samuel chapter 30. He lost everything, as you know. And so did all of his warriors at Ziklag. And it was one of the darkest days of David's life. And David went... And he put on the linen ephod, and he began to worship in praise, just like he did on the day when he brought the Ark of the Covenant in. Remember, he put on the ephod again uh, for worship and praise. That was part of his his custom. And so he went into the, the high priest, and he got the linen ephod, and he began to worship, and he began to praise, just as he did when he was a boy watching his dad's flock. Now his flock was taken, and the city was burned, and everything was destroyed. But as he ministered to the Lord, as he worshipped and praised, and the Bible says he ministered to the Lord, God spoke to him prophetically and said, David, I want you to pursue, I want you to overtake, and without fail, recover all. And David obeyed God, and God arose, and his enemies were silenced. He silenced the foe and he sealed the avenger. And I could go on and on and on throughout scripture about Jehoshaphat surrounded by enemies and how praise and worship caused the hand of God to destroy their enemy, to silence the foe 
and to still the avenger, Gideon, how he lifted up the sound of the trumpets and said the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And so many more as God and his as God challenged his people to rise up in faith. They looked to God and they looked at his promise instead of the catastrophe that was facing them. They trusted and they praised God and every foe was defeated and every victory, every uh, uh, defeat was turned into a victory. <clears throat> I want you to know God is in this fight with us and God never loses. I believe the days of bitterness in America are coming to an end. Let me say that very clearly now. Let me say it again. It's so clear. There's been bitterness in the hearts and the minds and the mouths of the people of America. Bitter because they're, <clears throat> they've been following God. And, and most of America, by the way, uh, is, uh, are Christians. This is a Christian nation. But there's been bitterness that the enemy has been lying and, and a, a, stoking a flame of bitterness. And, and there's been bitterness in the, in the mouths of, of God's people even. <clears throat> All the while, men are calling evil good and good evil. And God is allowing the enemy to set up his own trap to fall into. And I don't have time to go through all the scriptures that declare that. Read Psalm 35 if you want to know how God handles his enemies. Uh, and in our heart of hearts, truly, we all know the truth. The truth is, God is on his throne. And even though there's a proverb among men that says, this is how you boil a frog incrementally, little by little, until the frog is boiled to death, and that's America. Let me tell you, that is not a proverb from the Word of God, and therefore it is not truth. It is a half-truth with an element of fear sneakily attached into it. America is not a frog, which, by the way, was part of the curse that came upon Egypt. God used the frog as one of the plagues uh, on Egypt. We are not a frog. America is not a frog. And the church is not going to go silently into some boiled, defeated state. No, we will arise with the shouts of praise and see the salvation of our God. I heard the voice of the Lord say, the bitterness in America is coming to an end. The bitterness in America is coming to an end. In fact, like Jehoshaphat, America has received and believed God, and America will continue to be established. Let me just tell you, First uh, uh, Second Chronicles twenty twenty, Jehoshaphat decreed it, and I'm decreeing it again today. Believe God and be established. Believe his prophets, and so shall you prosper. America has believed God, and we will continue to be established. America has believed God's prophets, and America shall now prosper. And the enemies of America will be defeated among themselves. And I decree this now in the name of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, there is a day swiftly approaching, says the Lord, a day where the hearts of the wicked men will melt within them. 
and they will be drawn out by my spirit, says the Lord, out of the darkness and into the light. And the cross of Christ will prevail over their lives, over their lies. Let me correct that. The cross of Christ will prevail over their lies. Like Moses coming to the bitter waters of Marah and throwing in the wood, the waters were healed. So I am causing the cross to be interjected and thrown in there again. And my intercessors are praying, and my warriors are decreeing and declaring my word. My prophets are prophesying, and my angel armies are on assignment. And I am causing an an awakening that brings the old rugged wooden cross into these bitter waters, and I am healing America again and sweetness is of, is ahead of you america says the lord sweetness is ahead of you america sweetness a day of salvation a day of freedom a day of resurrection power a day of love a day of unity i heard the lord say i will strike at the heart of the matter and there'll be no breath in your enemy to stand up and fight And I will raise up a Joshua generation that will pursue the enemy and take what I have rightly given to my people, my warriors, says the Lord. And the bitterness will be completely removed as I judge my enemies and strike them down with the blows of my right arm, shattering the enemy. And songs of celebration will arise day and night and great victory. And this generation will know that I am a covenant-keeping God, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I want to encourage you to praise, praise, praise. Praise throughout this 4th of July. Pray throughout this weekend. These are days of victory. Begin to decree it. Begin to declare it. Begin to pray for those in authority. Pray for your leaders. Pray for them. Speak the grace and the mercy of God over their lives. This is a Kairos moment, a powerful Kairos moment in the kingdom of God. We are walking into a season of peace. We are not walking into a season of war. We are walking into a season of joy. We are not walking into a season of torment and fear. We are walking into a divine reversal of all the wickedness that our eyes have witnessed. And, And again, I say to you from the Lord, fear not, America. Fear not, says the Lord. Amen? Amen. Wow. Can you feel the anointing? I'm just saying it is so strong right now. This is such a great day in the kingdom of God. And I want to jump right into the prophetic teaching. We are running short on time already. Hallelujah. But I felt impressed of the Lord uh, to share some things with you. Uh, On the covenant, God has made an eternal covenant with you and with America the Beautiful. And the Bible says, and I've already quoted it, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. We are a Christian nation. America the beautiful is a Christian nation. Our national motto is in God we trust. And we still do. Let me be clear. This is what our nation believes. In God we trust. Our national anthem declares the faithfulness of our God. 
Our system of laws were established on the Ten Commandments. That's, that's why Moses and the Ten Commandments are on our Supreme Court building and on courthouses across America. Our national pledge is a Christian decree that includes one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Our, our uh, founding document says we hold these truths to be self-evident uh, that we have received all of our rights and our privileges from our Creator, Almighty God. Our freedom was established by a covenant with Almighty God and evidenced by the defeat of the most powerful fighting force on the planet, defeated by a small militia of farmers and common men who ran two arms and defeated the, t- the tyranny of Britain. The Revolutionary War was fought revolting against tyranny that was trying to hinder our, the worship, worship of our Father Almighty God. The Civil War, by the way, was fought to end slavery, declaring no man should be the property of another man. If you're an American, that means you're a free man, and in a Christian nation with a Christian national conscious. God and country. These ideals and biblical concepts that were founded, uh, that we were founded upon, must be fought for and communicated to every generation. America the beautiful is God's idea. God birthed America. Uh, America the Beautiful, God birthed America the Beautiful through covenant uh, and through uh, a thoughtful, established determination of his purpose. This covenant is under attack, but I want you to know God is the strength of the covenant. God is our strength, and America shall be saved. Amen? America the Beautiful. Written on our currencies is our national motto, In God We Trust. You wonder why they're trying to remove currency uh, from the nation and exchange it for some sort of digital something. Because on every form of currency in our nation, there is a decree, In God We Trust. It's written on there to remind us not to trust in riches, as the Bible teaches, but to trust in God above everything. E pluribus unum. What that means is out of many, one. It's another reference to the body of Christ, where there's no Jew, there's no Greek, there's no barbarian, there's no Scythian, there's no barriers. We are one new man in Christ Jesus. That's Galatians 3.28. Out of many, one. E pluribus unum. The, the original national seal that was proposed by Benjamin Franklin and Thomas Jefferson was going to be the people of God crossing the Red Sea with the words written above it, rebellion to tyrants is obedience to God. That was the uh, original seal that they were proposing for America. This was proposed 248 years ago on July 4th, 1775, at the signing of the Declaration of Independence, much later, they adopted the seal of an eagle. 
giving reference to God's call to rise with the wings like an eagle and be like the eagles of God. Our founding fathers knew the weight of their decisions, but they also knew the covenant power of God. They knew they were co-laboring with God to lay the foundation of a Christian nation. July 4th, 1776 was not like any other day. It was Independence Day. Independent from man, dependent upon God. And the responsibility for giving voice to the principles upon which a new union would be formed weighed heavily in the hearts of the fathers of this land. And their words and their writings reveal that what was to take place this early morning on July 4th was the beginning of a long season of prayer. These were men of faith. Uh, The words of George Washington, we call him the father of our country. He offered up a prayer for God's blessing on the new nation. He said, we make our earnest prayer that thou would keep the United States in thy holy protection, that thou would be pleased to dispose us all to do justice, to love mercy, and to humble ourselves. That's a powerful decree. John Quincy Adams later said of this new society, America the Beautiful, is it not that the chain of human, in the chain of human events, the birthday of one nation is fundamentally linked with the birthday of the Savior? That it forms a leading event in the progress of the gospel dispensation? Listen to what their mindset was. Is it not that the Declaration of Independence first organized uh, the social compact uh, on the foundation of the Redeemer's mission upon earth, that it laid the cornerstone of human government upon the first precepts of Christianity? Come on. James Madison said uh, that this new nation had staked its future on the capacity of each citizen to sustain himself according to God's Ten Commandments. Isn't that powerful? People question whether or not we are a Christian nation founded on Christian principles and doctrine. Patrick Henry spoke of the, uh, the foundation of this nation and said it cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was founded not by religionists, but by Christians. Not on religions, plural, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Isn't that powerful? These men of God were not perfect, but they were forgiven. They were washed clean by the blood of Jesus. They knew they were justified by their faith. They were not theologians, but they understood what a covenant with Almighty God meant. It meant that God would fight for us. God's covenant with America is unbreakable. It is unstoppable. But we must do as the colonists did and the founding fathers did uh, in Paul Revere's day when he rode through the land for hours upon hours on horseback, declaring two arms, two arms. We must take up our spiritual weapons of our warfare and begin to fight the good fight of faith. Amen. Christians must arise and shine now, for our light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon us. And I'll, I'll add even further 
just like Esther, for such a time as this, you've been raised up. In Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 20, it says, Now may the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his spirit, through Jesus in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. The word everlasting there is the Greek word ahionios. It means in perpetuity or forever or eternal, without end, unstoppable and unbreakable. That's what the covenant is. And I want to talk about this covenant that God made. God knows all about covenant, and that's how he communicates his love to man. The covenant cut in the blood of his own son, the most valuable thing that he had, he offered in this covenant. That's how much he loves you. God made the first covenant in the Bible with Adam and Eve, and when they sinned, God shed the blood of an animal and demonstrated the sacrifice of Jesus, the Lamb of God. And then he covered them with the skin of that animal. Uh, It was to cover them, but it was also representing covenant that he made a covenant to cover them. Then he made a covenant with Noah. And the rainbow is the sign of the covenant that God made with Noah and God made with man from that point forward. Now it's been hijacked in our society and the rainbow has been used as a, as a sign for wrong things. But the rainbow is a sign of, of God uh, that God gave Noah and gave mankind in that day of a covenant that God would never, ever abandon the human race again, and he would never destroy the earth through terrible weather ever again. This is why climate change is a well-crafted lie. God won't allow it. We have a covenant with God promising this, and you can understand that this promise is real every time you look up in the sky and you see a rainbow. Amen? Abraham had a covenant with God, and he had to split certain animals in certain ways, fight off the vultures while he waited on God. And then that night, God walked through the midst of those animals as a fiery furnace. God walked through the path of blood and began pronouncing blessings upon Abraham. That was a sign of Jesus walking through his own blood, pronouncing covenant blessings upon you and I. Moses made a covenant with God. When you come to the book of Hebrews, it's, it's called the everlasting unstoppable covenant. Why is that? Because the New Testament, that's not where Jesus started the covenant. God knew before the foundations of the earth were ever laid that the Lamb of God would be slain, Revelations thirteen eight. God is a covenant-keeping Father. Amen. And Hebrews 12, 24 says, Jesus is the mediator of the new covenant and the sprinkling of blood that speaks of better things than that of Abel. Listen, God loves you and he's made a covenant with you. And God God birthed America. God made a covenant with these founding fathers that we should never, ever forget. Or we're going to suffer for forgetting our part of the covenant. 
God will still keep the covenant, but he'll have to wait on another generation. And I'm not going to let that happen. And I know you won't either. America the beautiful has a covenant with Almighty God. God established that covenant. And I don't have time to go into all of this. And I probably will this Sunday. If you want to join with us this Sunday, whether online or in in person. But America was always God's idea. A nation that would represent the kingdom of God and the body of Christ to the earth. As a prophet standing in the authority of my office in Christ Jesus, I am decreeing to you tonight, America the beautiful, your best days are still yet to come. The patriots of today are arising to fight, but the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. When we unite in our faith and in our prayers, mountain ranges move out of our way with the faith the size of a mustard seed. And as a leader of the body of Christ, I want to challenge you to reject twistery and remember your history. Do not forget the men and women who sacrificed everything to establish this Christian nation America the Beautiful, our forefathers and our foremothers, and I decree America shall be saved. John 8.32 says, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. This is what they were counting on, the founding fathers. They recognized how the twisting of truths And through the deception and lies, freedom was robbed and removed from society. They were hungry and thirsty for a land of liberty. This was their fight of faith, and this is now our fight of faith. Not moved by the odds, but by their faith. They stood up to the most expeditionary and formidable force on the face of the earth. People of faith, who comprised 13 colonies church-going farmers and families stood up and dared to believe if God be for us, who can be against us? They believed they were free, and they fought the fight of faith, knowing God was on their side. And after the battle at Fort McHenry, God honored their faith, and as the smoke cleared from a 27-hour battle of rockets and cannons and a massive and overwhelming attack of firepower, all to take down the newly minted American flag, which many people don't understand the the depth of that. But when the smoke cleared, the flag continued to stand. And a prophet, a minstrel prophet, who was known as a man of God who worshipped, His name was Francis Scott Key. He looked out the hull of a ship as as a prisoner. And he saw that the flag was still there. And he penned the national anthem, the Star-Spangled Banner. Oh, say, can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming, whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight Over the ramparts we watched, we were so gallantly streaming. And the rocket's red glare and the bombs bursting in the air gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. What was the proof he was talking about? He's talking about the covenant proof. Oh, say, does that star-spangled banner yet wave? 
over the land of the free and of the home of the brave. There are four verses to this song, but listen to this last verse. Oh, thus be it ever, when free men shall stand between their loved home and war's desolation. Blessed with victory and peace, may the heaven-rescued land, heaven-rescued land, praise the power that hath made and preserved us a nation. Then conquer we must when our case is just, when our cause is just. This be our motto, in God is our trust. And the star-spangled banner in triumph shall wave o'er the land of the free and o'er the home of the brave. You know, as relevant as Francis Scott Key's words were then, they are even more so today. We must not forget to honor and praise the one who has given us our nation. We must not forget to honor and praise the one who's given us peace, the only one who can give us peace. We must not forget to honor and praise the one who's given us victory during wars to keep America free, to keep the glory alive and keep God's word alive, to keep the name of Jesus on the lips of its citizens throughout this whole nation. Thank God we are free, and in God is our trust. He has always preserved us. He's always kept his covenant, especially as a nation, and he will continue to do so today. Pray for those who are still defending our nation and wars all around the world. Don't let anyone talk you out of your liberties or your freedoms established and preserved for you by the shed blood of those who went before us. America the beautiful is truly one nation under God, and we still boldly declare in God we trust. And as we celebrate this 245th 4th of July, Independence Day, let us remember what God's hand of providence has done for us. Let our Independence Day be to recognize our complete dependence upon the great I Am, Almighty God, our Father. Let us purpose to be patriots of the Lord, those who stand and pray, those who will be a voice in our land, a voice for God, a voice of liberty and freedom for future generations. Psalm 33 and verse 12, it says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. Jesus said, you didn't choose me. I already chose you before the foundations of the earth. I chose you. Amen. I want to thank every one of you who continue to stand with us and support the work of the Lord here at LifePoint and at Speak Life. I pray that these prophetic workshops and these teachings would continue to inspire your faith to reach higher and to go for it. We want to equip you for the work of the Lord. We're going to, in in just a minute here, bring our tithes and our offerings before the Lord. And I want to encourage you again to stop listening to false prophets and their bad news and their fake news broadcasts. They Stay tuned to the prophets of the Lord. Believe God's prophets and be established. Believe his prophets and so shall you prosper. I believe the word of the Lord over everything else. 
America is not going under, but America will rise now. And the, the Lord is turning everything around, and the enemy is going to be crushed now as the church continues to arise and shine. I want you to hear the word of the Lord. Haman will be hanged on his own gallows that he built for God's people. That is a truth that God has established, and it is a word for today. And I know that sounds impossible, but it's impossible only to those who don't have eyes to see or ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church. God's life, His abundant life, His health, His wealth is coming to the church now. And this uh, is important to the Lord, and it should be important to you too. The economy is about to shift and change now. Not just the national economy, but your personal economy is about to shift and change for the good now. Proverbs 14.11 says, The house of the wicked shall be overthrown, but the tabernacle of the upright shall flourish. Listen, you're, you're about to see flourishing coming into your life. Psalm, Psalm 15 and verse 6 says, In the house of the righteous is much treasure, but in the revenue of the wicked is trouble. These are God's promises, prophetic words to you. The wicked try to prosper, but it's to their own destruction. And Psalm 112 talks about the blessing of God on the righteous. It says, Wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness endureth forever. So I want to remind you the word of God is a weapon against the attack of the enemy. And when you begin to prophetically decree the word, wage a good warfare with the prophecies that have gone over you, those prophecies in Scripture are for you too. It destroys the powers of hell. Amen. I also believe when you have a need, you sow a seed. And if you have a great seed, great need, you sow a great seed. And you make a, a great decree over the planting of your seed. And if you don't plant a seed... You don't get a harvest. But when you plant, make a decree and, and speak the word of the Lord over your seed and watch the voice of the Lord shatter the enemy every time. Isaiah 30, verse 31. So let's pray right now and believe God together. Whatever your need is, God is going to cut off the enemy once and for all. And you can watch the divine intervention of God occur. And as God shatters the powers and the limitations of lack and poverty, you're going to see the blessing of God open up over your life as he opens the windows of heaven and pours out blessings so great there's not room enough for you to receive it all. Let's pray over our tithes and offerings tonight. Father, we just pray in the name of the great I Am, in the mighty name of Jehovah, Yahweh, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I prophesy blessing over your people right now. And I thank you, Father, for your promises to us. We stand firm in our belief, we stand in our faith, and we know that we know that you are the blessing God. You are the God who wants to give, you said, I'll, I give them long life and I'll show them my salvation. Salvation encompasses everything, including the blessing of the righteous. Wealth and riches, you said, shall be in the house of the righteous, and your people will continue to abound in blessing. 
And so, Father, as we sow our seeds tonight, we know that you already have a harvest in mind. Whenever you tell us to sow a seed, it's because you already have a harvest determined that you want to release to us. And so you're calling us to sow that seed to receive that harvest. And so we we decree according to your word, Father, it is your good pleasure to, to give us the kingdom and to prosper your sons and daughters. And Father, you want us to be in good health and, and to prosper above all things, even as our soul prospers, even as we allow mindsets to change and we receive your word of truth. I decree, Father God, that through the power of your voice, that supernatural harvest is being released to your people and more than enough to meet their needs so that they would continue to have a surplus so that they can be blessed and be a blessing to continue to sow and reap. And I decree these things in the name of Yeshua, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Amen. If you want to sow a seed and support this house and this ministry, you can do that in several ways. If you're watching on social media, there should be a link at the top that you can click on that. Or or if you prefer, you can text uh, your offering by texting whatever amount to the number 84321. That's 84321. Text whatever the amount that you desire to give and send that to the number 84321, and that's it. Amen. If you prefer to send in your offering by mail, and many people do, uh, you can send it to P.O. Box 1822, Hendersonville, Tennessee, 37077. You can send it to Life Point with an E on the end, Life Point, or Marty Layton, uh, P.O. Box one eight two two Hendersonville Tennessee three seven zero seven seven. And uh, listen, when we receive that in the mail, I pray over each and every one of them, and I decree the blessing of God back upon you. Uh, there's also a way that you can give uh, if you're watching on our website at LifePointChurch.cc. It's LifePoint, with an E on the end, LifePointChurch.cc. And there is a button at the top where you can click and you can give there as well. And uh, and so that's LifePointChurch.cc. I also want to invite you to church. This uh, Sunday we're going to have a blowout service for the 4th of July. Uh, We're going to celebrate our utter dependence upon God and our independence uh, on Independence Day. And so this is a day that I believe you need to stay properly aligned in the kingdom. And let me say it again, it takes prophets to raise up prophets. Uh, Pastors, teachers, evangelists, uh, apostles, they can equip uh, and they can do a lot of great things, but it takes a prophet to uh, equip and establish and raise up a prophet in their calling. And so I want to invite you to come out uh, on Sundays at 4. We have an incredible prophetic church. And, uh, you know, it, it is important that we understand the value of church again. The enemy did, did a number on people to try to get them to stay out of church uh, through the pandemic. Uh, but I want to invite you to come to church. Come join us every Sunday at 4 p.m. at 403 Walton Ferry Road right here in Hendersonville, Tennessee. And I want to challenge you, if you can't be here, be online Uh, Don't let one service pass you by. It's important that you receive this impartation. It's not just information, 
but it's impartation. And those of you that are in the area, come on out. We've got something for everybody in the family. Children's church, uh, uh, every age ministry. That's Sunday at 4 p.m., Life Point Church at 403 Walton Ferry Road right here in Hendersonville, in Hendersonville, Tennessee. Don't miss it. Amen. I also want to thank our sponsor, Mike Lindell. Tremendous blessing to this house and a sponsor of this show, Speak Life. And he's made available great products to our audience. And uh, you can find these on uh, mypillow.com or mystore.com. And use the promo code MARTY, my first name, M-A-R-T-Y, and you'll receive deep discounts on all your purchases. You know, I love the, the new my, MyPillow 2.0. It's incredible. And I, I tell you what, I get great sleep every night because of it. And, but prior to that, I woke up many times at night. And then when I do wake up, if God does wake me up, uh, I'm very comfortable. I'll just say that. Uh, but you can get all kinds of stuff there at MyPillow.com, MyStore.com. Again, use the promo code MARTY, and you'll receive a great big discount. Uh, if you don't want to use the Internet, and some people don't, uh, you can call in your order, and the number for this audience is 800-859-2938. It's 800-859-2938. Remember, use the promo code MARTY so that you receive your discount. Amen. I want to encourage you. Again, to tell other people about this broadcast, you can watch us every Friday night live at 7 p.m. Central Time on Facebook, on YouTube, and on Rumble. And, uh, you know, I know that in some cases uh, we are blocked and we are ghosted and we are. And so I want to encourage you, let's get ready to Rumble. Let's let's uh, let's check out Rumble. Uh, Rumble has. Uh, been able to put us on every single time. There's no restrictions there. And so be sure to check us out every every Friday night, 7 p.m. Central Time on Facebook, on YouTube, and on Rumble. And please tell others about it so that they can enjoy this broadcast as well. If you like podcasts, uh, you can also check us out on our podcast at uh, Charisma Podcast Network. Uh, iTunes or Spotify or anywhere you get your podcast. Uh, but I want to ask you to do us a favor and give us a great review, a five-star review. Help us with those algorithms to keep our podcast populating uh, in many different ways. And so thank you for doing that. Also, follow me on social media, on all the platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Truth, Getter, YouTube, Rumble, Instagram, Parlor, Telegram, Frank Social. Just look for at Marty Layton. It's at Marty Layton. Uh, follow me, like me, subscribe to me, ring the bell, do whatever the platform needs you to do. Uh, but stay with us, amen, and help us to get the word out. Thank you again for tuning in to Speak Life. Proverbs eighteen twenty one declares the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. God is always speaking to you. Speak what God is saying. And always remember, don't speak the negative. Don't speak death. But always speak life. We'll see you next week. God bless. Thank you for listening to Speak Life with Marty Layton. Please help us spread hope and share this podcast with a friend. Join us again as we speak life into our world. 